0: I'm going to say all that again because I think I was muted on the stream because tech is hard sometimes tech is hard sometimes. Okay, yeah. Thank you for everyone who's been hanging out for today's game. Don't forget that you can follow everyone who's playing today via their social media handles listed down in the reference section. And if you missed either of the two previous games, don't worry. Uh, All of our games are uploaded on our YouTube channel and on podcast platforms eventually, so stay tuned for those if you want to recap what you might have missed today. Also the VODs are available on our Twitch channel if you want to go back and watch them within like the next week or whatever. Uh, Our first two games were both D&D 5E, but now get ready for something completely different. Nikki is ready to run a really cool indie system that she found, so I'm gonna stop talking uh, so that the next game can start. Hello.
1: Can you hear me? <laughs> Just making sure that technology so I don't have to repeat myself too. <laughs> okay, so um, I am Nikki. I am the creator of Beholder to One, a TTRPG podcast that runs Discussion episodes, one-shots that are usually non d and and also has an actual play related to D&D. I also have a bunch of other stuff, but that's not important right this second. So today we are playing Mossy Mechanic, which, we found, which I found on itch.io. We are all very new to this system, so bear with us, but I'm going to do a brief introduction, and then as I introduce you each, you can introduce yourselves, your um, pronouns, and then your moss as well. So we can just have everybody introduce themselves and their characters at the same time, because I think that'll be the fastest way to get into the story. Okay, so um, I do go by she, her pronouns since I'm having everybody else say their pronouns, but let us jump into the world of the real life world of uh, in a laboratory actually, Um, but not your normal laboratory. The sun has begun to set through the arching panes of the place that you four call home. The automatic lights flicker on, bathing the room in a yellowish hue, their footsteps across the wooden floors, because this is not a normal, sterile school laboratory, this is a home lab that is focused purely on nature and wanting to have things grow in their appropriate environments. You only know this person that is walking by as the scientist. You don't have much thought beyond that. You just know that this person is the one that feeds you, who gives you water, who gives you what you need to survive. Due to their size and your inability to see, you can't make out exact descriptions of their appearance. You only know them from the vibrations around the room, the changes in the heat and the moisture in your biomes. Also by the experiments that may have made you change a little bit from your natural beings. First, the scientists step towards the biome for the one of many plants in this lab where it's actually a glass coffee cariff? Carafe? (laughs) I don't know how to say that word. Um, It's a coffee thing and it's glass and you see something growing inside. Ryan, why don't you introduce yourself, your pronouns, and details about your moss and its current home?
2: Sure. Hello. Uh, My name is Ryan, uh, I am an entomologist and horticulturalist, uh, working uh, doing integrated pest management and plant health and quality management in medical cannabis. So yeah, I was doing similar sorts of work uh, in public gardens, uh, and I uh, I use he/him pronouns, uh, and I also play in nature check in our big uh, Arda campaign, which is based on uh, the D and D three point five uh, system. Uh, which we'll we'll be playing again right after this session. Um, in, in mossy mechanics today, uh, I play a uh, plant whose common name is the rare club moss or ground pine. Uh, scientific name: Dendrolycopodium obscurum. Uh, so I'm not a true moss uh, like my other the others in my cohort, uh, but I am still a rather primitive plant, as they would describe it in the in the evolution of plants. Um, so I, the biggest difference between me and my, you know, moss pals around is uh, I have a vascular system versus mosses being nonvascular plants. But I, I basically look like a small, like six inch, tiny pine tree that pops up out of the ground. That's all you'd usually see of me. Uh, and I go by uh, the name of Lycos, kind of a short form of my name that the scientist uh, refers to me as. Um, and I live here in the lab in this little, uh, like Nikki said, uh, glass uh, coffee carafe that you'd see in, like, on like a diner coffee burner, um, mainly because that was what was just at hand while the scientist was camping, they, and they were soaring coffee and wanted to scoop me up, and I just stayed inside the coffee carafe. That's that's me.
1: As one does, they just scoop it up and put it in a coffee thing. And they're like, oh, well, this is where it lives now. It's forever. All right. Um, and as the scientist lifts up the notepad before it, what is one experiment that might show up on your notes that was done to your moss?
2: Oh, one experiment?
1: Kind of de- giving a small definition of your mechanics and mods.
2: Oh, okay. I think uh, because I have this larger above ground and like sort of branching structure, they've done some experiments on me looking at uh, how that sort of larger, stronger structure compared to, to the mosses, the, the, the true mosses in the lab, mm-hmm. uh, how that could be used to help me sort of become more of an active plant than you might expect. So I can kind of adhere to things using uh, those, those branches, as you might call them. Uh, that, that come off my body, um, so that relates to uh, my ability to act quickly uh, in my mechanics. And he's also done some experiments uh, with the spores that I create uh, in that in that uh, part of my life cycle, um, which historically have been used uh, from this species, my species of club moss, and other species uh, as a as like flash powder for taking. Uh, photos are even used in fireworks because the spores are actually really flammable. Um, and so these are experiments in how uh, in those properties of my spores um, and so that I've actually can now leave clumps of spores behind and have them uh, detonate later on remotely so I can kind of use them like little bombs now uh, from from the um, experiments and modifications the scientist has done.
1: Yes, very, very much. And you have a deep dark secret, but we won't go into that yet. Just yet. But the scientist closes up your biome and moves over to the one directly next to it, where when he where they pull up the lid, it's a little bit chilly. It's like an AC area and the air enters the room, dropping the uh, room by a hole, by just like a degree or so, and inside sits a beaker that hovers inside of another beaker, um, with a tight cork on the outside to ensure that for some reason this moss stays put. Alana, why don't you introduce yourself, your pronouns, and details about your moss in its home?
3: Yeah, hi! Uh, my name's Alana, uh, my pronouns are she, her, but I will be playing mouse, uh, whose pronouns are they, them. Uh, so I personally am a PhD student who studies plant-fungal interactions and a co-host on the podcast Queerly Natural that focuses on queerness in the natural world. But mouse is a, common name-wise, uh, not so much for the species specifically, but the form it takes is known as a glacier mouse or glacier mice. I am of the genus Didricum, uh specifically the species Ditricum flexicale, And I am, uh, as a Glacier Mouse, you can see the image behind me. That's kind of what I look like. And I'm I'm a little rolled-up ball, which lets me move around much quicker mechanic-wise. And experiments on me, I guess, would be more experimenting with, like, different types of items that could start the forming of my little ball. So I have a rock inside and uh, seeing how far I can travel. Glacier mice are, got their name from traveling around in glaciers, such as in Alaska. I'm muted. Interesting.
1: <laughs> I said you've been a little bit troublesome with your, with your uh, scientists lately, so they've had to make extra precautions for you specifically. But as they put the cork back in, close the container, make sure that you are nice and snug inside and not able to escape. Hopefully this time it will actually work. Probably not, though. They step past a few other cre- uh, few other species of moss until they get to a LaCroix can inside of their uh, little biome. And uh, there is a sound of moving water, like a fish tank pump inside of it that's just going through the LaCroix can and then into its own little riverbed. Liz, why don't you introduce yourself and your pronouns and details about your moss and its current home?
4: Hello, I am Liz Anna Kozik. I use the pronoun she, her, and I am also a PhD student, uh, but I mostly do science communication and illustration for um, like prairie restoration and prairie ecology. And so mosses are a little outside of my knowledge base, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, what I do know is my ephemeral springs. And so my mossy friend, Feather, is... Hey, there we go. Um, is technically called a slender green feather moss, uh, which is uh, a moss that prefers like spring lake edges and um, basic environments. So, as a a fan of like mineral enriched and base uh, elements, I became rather attached to uh, various mineral waters <laughs> and novelty um, uh, drinks that people enjoy and accidentally leave a lot around the lab. And um, my particular form is um, helps me cope with that. So uh, generally speaking, I hide in fr- inside of bottles, which um, helps me protect myself. But sometimes, you know, you need to switch or sneak a tendril out to grab something, or grab a different mineral water. <laughs> and so I am able to stick out my little tendrils out of my bottle or my can and um, grab things.
1: Sometimes you just need a different Lacroix flavor. It's you can't true, just live in the same Lacroix every time. One well, time I'm you got so a hold of a white claw. It was a very yeah. confusing time. <laughs> So after uh, placing you back down on the counter and giving you what you need, it takes a step to its final jar. And this is the final one that's in an abnormal container because it picks up a crystal skull container that most of us would recognize as the vodka container. And inside of it, its walls are completely covered in moss. Morgan, why don't you introduce yourself, your pronouns, and your details about your moss?
5: Hi, my name is Morgan. And for this afternoon, I will be going by Franklin, uh, after Rosalind Franklin. And my moss is the spreading earth moss, which was a a model, known as a model organism for plant genetics, uh, molecular biology, that kind of thing. And I would think that I've been experimented on manipulating uh, mechanosensitive type genes um, so I can, you know, move around and um, throw, throw objects at you know, at the walls that you know, so to speak. And um also so there was something else that I was going to mention with that. Um, but yeah, I can I, I think I'm in this kind of vodka bottle because it's um a little bit doesn't really you don't you don't wouldn't expect a very valuable genetic mutant plant to be inside of a vodka container, so kind of to, um you know throw off any uh anyone's trying to you know steal any secrets so
1: all right so as the scientist places the skull back down on the counter and steps away from the shelves that you all reside on and towards the wooden table in the center of the room time moves as normal you're all prepared for the lights to flicker off soon the hum of the heat lamps and the trickling of water to be the only noise in this place that you all call home but suddenly You become a little bit more hyper-aware. This is new for you, none of you have felt this before. Aware of the feelings of the objects beneath your moss, the smell of your surroundings and your terrariums, the the mechanisms inside your homes that before were just existing. Time seems to almost slow as you feel your being shift into an awakened state. And when you glance up, you can see a shadow and then that shadow turns into a feminine person this somehow you all recognize this woman despite having no knowledge of having met her before. It's a middle aged blue woman um, with hair covered in moss that is surrounded and in between each little limb of the moss is bugs just crawling all over and the bright blue eyes just shine in the darkness and underneath you can see that they are sunken and there are blue bags under her eyes and she is just gaunt and thin and almost looks like she's decaying of sorts. She steps silently as the moss and bugs begin to drift from her hair and completely cover her entire body as she comes into full form, creating an outfit that just keeps shifting and changing as she walks. The scientist doesn't notice her. And as the lights flicker, the scientist glances up at them curiously, thinking to themselves, I need to get that light checked out. It's probably just dying. But then a spindly gaunt finger with a sharp talon-like nail, scrapes across the wood, causing this ear-piercing screech in the entire room that I know all of you just felt probably (laughs) in your slides. You're like, oh god, no. The scientist spins around in shock. You don't see the grin that appears on this woman's face, but you feel the anger and scorn as she lifts the finger and points to the scientist and the bugs that surround her run almost as a rocket over her hand and shoot towards the scientist, encompassing him and pulling him out of the laboratory. As another wave of magic pulses into your homes, you feel your thoughts begin to form. You see flashes of memories, some that are yours, some that are not, some that belong to this person in front of you. You have knowledge for some reason of this creature. And it seems that with giving you her magic, she also gave you a little bit of herself And then she turns as you hear the muffled noise of the scientists leaving the laboratory and just speaks to you all. The other mother has freed you. Join my bugs and fight humanity to take back the planet back to its natural state of being. Nature will always win and muffle the sounds of this world's chaos. What these humans have done to you shall be punished. I will start with your captor as a gift for each of you in your sentience. The door shuts behind her and you're left confused, aware now, and down a scientist. One that you've all kind of become accustomed to and liked because without him or without them who's gonna feed you and give you water and all the things you need to survive? And that's where we start. What do
2: you do? So we, so the, we are I guess, sensed the scientist was actually pulled out of the room, the lab, right? So yes. We don't even see them anymore? Okay. Correct. Okay.
1: So your first goal, you need to get out of your terrariums, all of your little homes. You have to get out of that, which might not be a problem for some of you. You need to get to the floor, because you are a few feet off of the floor. You need to get out of the science laboratory and find your
3: scientist.
2: I think, luckily... I'm able I, I'm in a very very loose loosely capped container that they kind of made good ventilation because there's obviously the little gap between the plastic flippy lid on a coffee pot and the spout so there's mm-hmm. like uh, and uh, with the experiments that have given me the ability to really attach really well uh, with with the, the branches on my on my uh, body mm-hmm. um, I think I I pull myself up you know kind of I think, tentatively at first because while i've been able to like attach to things this whole like moving and like knowing what i'm doing is so new that i'm like i'm like maybe like maybe this will work and kind of reach up some of my tiny little branches and and push on the lid of my container to test my strength to see if i can flip the lid up to pull myself out yeah
1: with that i'm going to say that this is your use of um looking at sheets and there's too many things open um i'm gonna say that this is you could pick resist or raw magic to use so you're going to roll a d6 and your goal whichever you pick which is probably going to be the one that's higher you have to roll that number or lower so either for um you are tangled mossy is that correct Yes. So 3-2-1 yeah. on raw magic or a one on resist.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go with my raw magic uh, and see if I can push this up. This is kind of my first time moving around like this.
1: For those that are listening, there are two stats that people that everybody here has. They have resist and raw magic. Um, Two of our players have three in raw magic and one in resist. Two of our players have the opposite. And they all have different forms and mods that tweak how their moss interacts with the world. Okay, what did you roll? I got a two. Fantastic. You manage to pull yourself out, flip the lid just enough with enough power that it's not pushing against you even more so. And you are free from your coffee container.
2: Nice. So I think, yeah, I kind of pull myself out, and then I kind of just let myself like slide back down the side of it. Now I'm like on the table, kind of wait, waiting to see like what, what kind of happens next.
1: OK. Who wants to attempt to escape next? I'm assuming it's Mouse, because Mouse always loves to escape.
3: This is indeed Mouse's favorite activity. Um, <laughs> Mouse is going to, as a little ball, going to start rolling around really quickly using like your advanced speed to try and gain momentum to just hit the side of their container and try and break it. Okay. Um, so I believe you will be using
1: resist if I'm remembering correctly. Nope. You are also tangled up in mossy. Okay. So you're using magic. Um, and because of your breakthrough, you get plus one. So you have to roll four, three, two, one to succeed. Girl to six. <laughs> okay. So when you fail a, a raw magic check, nothing happens. You can just try again. When you fail a resist check against damage, that is when something actually hurts you. So you try and try and try You you keep trying to go in speed, but they made the beaker a little bit too small this time and it's a little harder to get that momentum going. So we'll just try again once more and see if you are able to do it. And then if not, we will move to another player to see what their mosses are doing. The mouse is going in circles again. She's like, I got this, three. Hooray, okay. So this time you managed to shift and tilt the beaker back and forth and back and forth and use that momentum to force yourself against the cork and break it out, thus knocking up with enough pressure the entire beaker over. So I will say that for your safety, it did not fall off of the shelf, but there will be a little bit of a difficulty getting out of it if you want to be careful and not fall to the ground again, because you've done that before. So Franklin or Feather, who wants to try to escape next?
5: Oh, awesome, thank you, Feather. (laughs) I will, I also have the uh, breakthrough ability, so I will try to pop out the cork that's in the, Top of the bottle and hopefully have enough force to pop out okay. of the.
1: So, so you I are going to roll your d6. Six. Okay, so you try to push, and evidently, when he put that quirk back in this time, he pushed it in really tight. So, you have to like start maybe you have to try bundling up more of your moss and use it just to push further and harder out of the thing. But you can try once more as the quirk just doesn't want to give.
5: I'm going to try one more time. One.
1: Okay. With that, you are able to, you just pull yourself as small as possible. And because you are a growing and expanding moss, you just shoot all of it straight into the cork and the cork pops out of the thing and falls <laughs> onto the ground. And you are free from your skull prison. <laughs> Slash them. Um. Awesome. <laughs> that there. you are the last one to need to escape.
4: So can I, like, scuttle like a hermit crab? I'm kind of picturing where I have sure. my can sort of up on my back and my little tendrils.
1: You have, um, don't you have the armed and legged? No. I
4: have the suit, suit up. up. Yeah.
1: So in the suit up, you are able to get into hollow things, which is why you're in a LaCroix can. So yes, that very much feels hermit crabby to me.
4: <laughs> so... I forget, am I, does my overall container contain me or am I just in the can?
1: You're in the can inside of a container. So you need okay. to like be able to get out of the, the um, actual case itself. So it'll be a, um, it will be a, resi- I'll say it's a resist. So that, so it's a fair role for everybody. Um, All right. To try to get your entire being out of the case.
4: I'm picturing that I have popped the can upright against one of the glass walls and my tendrils are like pushing up. Uh, like, uh, I got this, I hold just, up. I got this. I got this. I definitely have this. Okay. Let's see. I failed. Cool. I got a five.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, so, the LaCroix um, can falls back down on you, <laughs> but you are able to like scurry out of the way and then crawl back up it and try once more.
4: All right. I got two! Hey! Okay.
1: The second time is the charm. You are able to push that LaCroix can and then get yourself over the lip, grab the LaCroix can and bring it over with you so that you still have your little home. And you all four are free. So, what would you like to do next? You're all on How a closer are
2: we shelf. we take each other? That's what um, I was going to ask, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Lycos and Mouse are right next to each other and Feather and Franklin are right next to each other, and you're within probably four or five feet from each other, but you're on the same shelf. It's just a very long shelf.
2: How um, how big or like how long is Mouse's container? Like now that it's on its side.
1: I'm going to roll a d6 instead of thinking about it. <laughs> it is a foot and a half.
2: Oh, wow. OK. Hmm. Well, since I, so seeing, um, or seeing? Sensing? Do we see? <laughs> sure.
1: You feel all, you, you, we're just, we'll say seeing, but you just know.
2: But it's an overall, yeah. It's so like, like blind a,
1: sense from fifth position.
2: Yeah. Or like, um, oh, who's the superhero who can sense is that daredevil? Oh, yeah. Okay. I imagine that kind of thing, like you see the world and it's just like, in such a different. Like, but no, so that since I know the other mosses are kind of like, out and there's there's activity um and i see the uh, you know the other two have they're basically like out of their containers but mouse is still in in that bottle uh like got it over but still needs to to get out um mm-hmm.
1: and it's about to roll over the edge yeah. as
2: well i think and how, how far away from the edge is the container like is it like actively rolling
1: We'll say that it's actively rolling, like it's rocking, the more mouse moves. And there's a chance that it could roll any time now towards the uh, one way or the other. So you have enough time to get there. Um, What happens will determine if it falls or not between you and mouse.
2: So I'm going to, I think I'm going to, you know, branch over branch, uh, drag myself over to mouse's container being a, a club moss uh, i feel like i'm i'm like a, a, attaching and uh, the way i the way i attach and move is putting down a branch um which i've covered in these very tiny leaves that are called microfilms uh basically a simple leaf that has a single vein in it versus like if you think of a tree with branching veins i just have these tiny little things that kind of look like pine needles uh with one vein in them and i kind of like hook into things with that and that's how i like drag myself over and I think I'm going to go to the, like, to the end of the bottle. And maybe, since I, I guess, we so we can't, like, talk. I think I'm going to try to, like,
1: For point. flavor, I will say you can all, you can all feel each other, what you're trying okay. to say. So we'll just say okay. telepathically. And it's like a telepathic communication. Just for the ease of sanity and us not having to try to explain what we're actually trying to mean <laughs> to each
2: other. Right, then I will, while, like, I'm going to, like. I'm gonna to point to mouse and point to the the like far back of the container and and try to just let them know like okay if if you go all the way down to that end, I can try to basically like bust open the other end of your container. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll kind of like lose shape and stop rolling and then you can get out more easily. Cause I can my luckily I, I'm able to move on most surfaces, but I can also do two things on my turn. So I'm coming over and then I would like to put down um, one of my little explosive bits of spores to try to bust open the end of the container.
3: Yeah, you saw Mouse just like trying to like hamster wheel the bottle away from the edge. (laughs) It's like, why did I have to get two containers? Everyone else got one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with the previous breakouts at all.
3: No, no. Why would it be? Um, but mouse seeing that is just gonna gonna go over to the other, other corner very frustrated with themselves for not getting out yet. <laughs> okay, so you are using
1: your mechanic mod remote detonation. Yes. Correct? Okay. Yes. So you place your spores in the area right next to the edge to make the hole just a little bit bigger. Yep. And then you're able to crawl away. And from afar, you are easily allowed to command it to detonate. There is no role for this.
2: Yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah I've definitely placed it very, very carefully. And I'm like, how can, like, so it's like, I'm just guessing. I'm like far enough away from mouse, but close enough to the bottle and move myself away a little bit and and detonate the, the little lump of spores to try to open up the the, the bottle a little bit.
1: Okay, Um, while there is no roll for it, let's do this. Let's have you roll a, um, let's have you really quickly roll a d6 and tell me what the number is. The lower it is, the better the aim was. And then Mouse, roll a resist
2: for me. I rolled a two for my my aim.
1: So it was very well placed, not perfection, but very, very well placed so that the bottle is not Creaming towards the edge, it's moving closer to the wall. So there's no risk for the bottle of falling. So, mouse, uh, roll your resist. Yeah, my dice think we're playing DD. I got a six again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get startled and run towards the, the thing as soon as it explodes, and you go right through some broken glass. You do take a damage in the process of doing that.
2: Oh no! I'm sorry, mouse!
1: <laughs> now, the players all have 3 HP. When they hit 3 HP lost, they gain a rot. Nope. Wait. Yes. Nope. I lied. Hold on. When, they fill up your, when you fill up your rot, you gain a dot. Okay. I lied. Never mind. This game's kind of confusing. Um, so yeah. You have 3 HP total. You do not want to have it all fill up. But uh, you also have something called rot when you use your push mechanic if you don't succeed on it. So, thankfully you succeeded on your push mechanic and this is your first... You didn't use your push mechanic for this so you are fine. Um, With the... was this the one that you could automatically... Yes. If you would like, instead of taking damage... Trying to read really quick, I apologize. Wasn't there something in here about you can roll or you can auto use something if you fail? Uh, I think the rot is you can auto succeed. And you get oh, that yeah. Twice. Okay. So, okay. That's not for the resist, though, is it? That's just for the push mechanic. Oh, it just says or add something. Okay. Uh, if you would like, you could fill out a rot instead of taking that damage. I think I'll hold off. Boss is just like, that was so cool, but also, ow, what's going on? As a note, when you fill up both of your rots, you do take a damage from that, but you do get to gain a dot and resist or raw magic at that afterwards. So just so that's how you know that that's how that mechanic works. Okay, so everybody is free with minor minor injuries, which I mean, one HP out of 12 isn't that bad. I will say that you are all able to gather together so you can talk amongst yourselves to determine how you want to go from here.
4: Can everyone briefly describe themselves as you are now free? Sure. I, I am a hermit crab with my little tendrils sticking out of my can. I want to know if anyone else is retaining any aspect of their container.
5: I'm just a ball of moss. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I think the container is a left behind for now
2: yeah i think yeah i don't have any part of my container but i grow i i i spread underground with a little bit of uh, a rhizome that spreads and pops up these little like what look like tiny christmas trees that like form me so i feel like i have like the chunk of above ground tiny christmas tree club moss and like and just a little bit of rhizome that came with me, so it's kind of like I have like a body and a bunch of arms and like two little flat feet from the rhizome, but no container. Maybe some coffee residue. I don't know. Maybe I'm caffeinated. I'm not sure.
1: You're always <laughs> caffeinated. <laughs> the smell uh, of coffee. Feather is, is
4: yes. Feather is a Um Everyone is naked. Hello, just FYI. Um, but primarily, um, Franklin, where where's your really cool skull? Like. You know, it's such a good look. Uh, Why, do you need I mean, some help carrying it? I can help you carry it, I got this.
5: I'm wondering if it might be helpful, like like it's still intact and it's like a cool, like, of, you know, Halloween uh, season uh, kind of decoration also. Maybe it might be good for like a, carried around for like a projectile or something maybe, if we need to, <laughs> to like protect ourselves.
1: I will say that the skull might be a little heavy because it is crystal and they are not light, but your scientist decorated for Halloween. So there are little pumpkins and skulls and plastic beings around the shelves to make it look spooky. So you can find a plastic skull and do a similar thing for flavor because I don't believe you took which one did you take it you took fast growing projectiles right
5: i actually took breakthrough but i'm uh, playing it yeah kind of like as fast growing yeah exactly yeah
1: Yeah. um so since you don't technically have the one where this and you don't have suit up right or do you have suit up
5: I do not have suit up. I have um, manipulators.
1: Okay, so since you don't have suit up, you can't technically wear it, but you can drag it along with you. Or at least if you do wear, it will not give you any bonuses. We'll say that. So um, I have everybody else's stuff written down and I forgot to write yours down after the thought. But bonuses, it looks cool. Yeah, you look cool. You're wearing a skeleton and or pumpkin plastic figurine. You just
3: don't get a bonus to resist from it. (laughs) Mouse just looks towards Feather and it's just like, I have my rock, but I don't like containers. No. They're bad.
4: Oh, right. You're the one who keeps breaking them, right?
3: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> Over the course of the last couple of months, you have heard the shattering of glass multiple times. Only Lycos has seen it happen every time. And then the scientist comes in and uh, mouses somewhere in the lab randomly, and there's broken glass everywhere.
2: <laughs> it's just been, like, trialing over and over in, like, different containers, hoping it's something that can't get turned over or broken.
1: Pretty much. <laughs> one day I'll solve all That's it. One day. Okay, so you are also looking together. for the ice machine. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's, even though your, your area is perfectly tempered for you, but it's not cold enough. You need ice. All right, so you have all managed to escape yourselves and you have met up. There is about a three foot drop to the ground, which you know will hurt. Mouse, you've learned this from experience, but there are things that you can grab onto. There might be something else that you can do to get down if you would like, Uh, be creative. Also, I will say that in this lab, connected to the screen that you are all against is a tree, a live tree that is growing out of the screen, so that the majority of it is outside actually, but this is like a open door, outdoor type of laboratory area. So there is a live tree at the end of your shelf.
2: Yeah, so we, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, we have to get down somehow, and, and, and get through that giant door, but we can think about that later. I don't know what we'll do over there, but how do we, I. I mean, I think I, I think I can climb down pretty easily, but I don't think I can really carry any of you, so I, I, I don't think that's going to help anybody.
5: Is this kind of like a molecular biology type lab, where there might be kind of common there is equipment whatever around? whatever you
1: want there to be in this laboratory.
5: To maybe, Nikki um, has only
1: taken one science class in a laboratory and it was chemistry. So I don't know. Whatever it belongs in a lab is in this lab. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
5: continue.
2: Yeah, so I think there can be I think there can be whatever Franklin wants there to be.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm thinking so I have like a couple of ideas. Like one would be to kind of make a um, like a rope or something down, like scale down, but then there are also already like tables on the, you know, or a, you know, table or, you know, a legs on the bench or whatever. So maybe a better idea would be to like, maybe like try to like insulate ourselves with some cushioning around us. Like if there's like a styrofoam container or something around that we can, or like.
2: Um, like a whole box of Kim wipes that we can, exactly, like, yeah, cover <laughs> <laughs> Like we bubble wrap a that wasn't thrown away. <laughs> oh, Kim White parachutes. A parachute would yes.
5: be awesome, yeah. That'd
2: be <laughs> awesome.
3: Someone's gonna have to hold me. I can't hold things. <laughs> Ooh.
2: Or
5: even, like, um...
2: Oh, what this, if... Yeah, probably, like, a What if, uh, I can... If other people parachute... If I climb, I'll climb down and I'll use one of my arms to hold onto uh, the end of this uh, roll of parafilm that's on the, the desk with us. So then I can take that down and pull it out to make like a long ramp that Mouse can just roll down the parafilm down to the floor.
3: I get a slide
2: so we'll just make you a safety slide because otherwise I feel like you will just splat to the floor it <laughs> hurts I
4: would like to climb into my can and ride down the slide please
5: <laughs> Not pretty, actually, definitely. I'll a slide it. to you the slide sounds like a fun fun idea
2: <laughs> oh god uh, then it's just up to me to get everybody <laughs> out <laughs>
5: <laughs> right, after I,
2: right after I said oh I won't be able to help anybody
3: <laughs> alright so it wipes are a backup it's fine
1: I like (laughs) this. So on your turn, um, you can grab the paraffin, and then you are also able to climb down. Let's do a magic roll to determine if you are able to get the angle appropriate to uh, ensure that they all actually slide and don't just fall.
2: Okay. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, it'd be about angle and like anchoring and like making sure.
1: I'll give you yeah. plus one, so it's a four or lower, to, because okay. you're using an object creatively to do this. Okay. <laughs> it's not technically part of the mechanics, but it is now.
2: I like it. <laughs> got a four.
1: Ooh. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so you uh, crawl your way across the floor after crawling down the side of the ledge, clinging with one of your many tendrils to hold on to this parafilm and then you go over and it's like just the right angle it's like not it's a little less than 45 but it's enough that you guys can all just roll down it so now everybody is able to roll down i'm not going to make any of you roll for that because i think it'll be easy enough to do we are Um, rolling yeah i'm just we are i guess like technically (laughs) i could make you do a resistance to see if you're slamming into anything, but I'll be nice and not do that. <laughs> so you've made it to the ground!
2: Oh gosh, does everything just look gigantic around us? Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, except I, I, I guess mouse, s- is so <laughs> mouse is used to this us, So much less.
5: Mouse is used to this, yes.
1: Um, I will say that uh, there are Some items on the ground, even though like this is a laboratory technically, but because the the scientist has been doing experiments, there are frequently used toys or uh, Things that have they were trying to see if you can maneuver them. So like with the manipulators, there might be an RC car or something like that or um, little they might have, like, bigger building blocks to see how much um, Franklin can overcome the building block. So there's a lot of little children-like toys throughout the laboratory as well that you can also use to your advantage. The only thing that so you'll never find is a doll. There's no dolls. Those aren't allowed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so definitely much more uh, ecology lab vibes, with just like, things out everywhere on the ground yes. versus a genet- a clean genetics lab.
1: <laughs> 100%.
2: Um, oh gosh. Okay, what- what- what should we do now? Uh, uh, does anybody know- do we have to go through that door? Does anybody know if there's another way, like, an easier way around or anything?
1: Are you asking me that or
3: are you asking them that?
2: I'm asking <laughs> are, them. Like, like, <laughs> Mouse, have you ever seen anything? Sure. Like, is there-
3: I guess the question is, are there mice in this building? besides mouse.
2: (laughs) Non-glacial mice. mice. (laughs) Yes.
1: Um I will do a high low for that. So what this means is you give tell me high or low and I roll a D six. If it is high whatever you call, then it they are there. Okay. I'll do high. I got a five. Yes there are some mice because this is right on the edge of a garden. So um, there are little chewed holes in the uh, side of the area. And then also there, you know, just in one of the cabinets, there is also a secret hiding one because you've seen a mouse crawl into it
3: one day. Guys, I think there's like some holes in the wall from these very weird looking mice.
2: The bad kind of mice. You're the good kind of mice. There's bad mice? <laughs> the the <laughs> non the non-ice mice. Ah. You're the good mice.
3: So we could uh, we could try and use those.
2: Yeah, maybe they'll go through go through? So we don't have to try to get through that, that really big big door. I'll I'll try it. I'll go in.
4: Wait, so do you guys hang on, do you guys know this other mother person? Like, is this a normal thing for you guys?
3: I didn't really know things until today.
2: I've only ever really sensed the scientist around. I've never seen that person before ever. But I also feel like I, like, know things about her. Like,
1: you all have one little bit of knowledge that for some reason you know and you think it's important it might be useful later
2: yeah i feel like she for some reason i all I all i can think about when i when i think about her when we just saw her is i just start like experiencing really bad smells and i like get really grossed out and angry i i I think she really hates things that smell bad so i don't know if that could like i don't know if that would be a way to keep her away from us or something i don't know So, so everybody do you all have like do you all feel something like that
4: i think about when this one time the scientists like accidentally tapped the side of my can and it like vibrated and I felt like I was falling apart it's like that that loud noise I think she's not a fan either
3: I like get the feeling she doesn't like it when like it snows or sleets which is weird because it's wonderful (laughs) but she doesn't like it
5: and for some reason I Know that she doesn't sleep. I don't know if she doesn't like sleep or if she is just too busy doing other things all the time or if she needs sleep even. So I just know that she doesn't sleep. So, or she never sleeps.
1: So, for Above Table, the other mother has all of these things because she is exhausted from this constant noise and pollution that is going around the world and she wants to she's not a bad guy kind of, like all bad guys have good intentions kind of she she wants the the bad things that are happening to the earth to go away and her her way of doing this is probably not the right way and it's possibly eradicating all of humanity so that you know bugs and moss and flowers can take over the world again. Um, but anything that's like loud and, and very toxic smelling and all of those things she's not a fan of and probably not a fan of ice because most things don't grow well in, in ice but some things do and her bugs don't like the cold so she's probably also not a fan because of that. And she probably never sleeps because it's always loud, it's always loud, never quiet because this just a of, I added that all in so <laughs> I needed to share it. <laughs>
2: Wait, so if, go ahead. Oh, no, if, 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 no you, you go ahead.
4: But, so, if no one's met her before and she says she's, I mean, freeing us. Mouse, freeing is, being free is pretty cool, right? I mean, you do the, right? This is, like, your thing? Like, yeah,
3: but also, like, can we be helping her? But I kind of like the scientist. It's really funny to confuse him.
2: And, and i feel like we wouldn't we wouldn't even know how to e- know anything I, I the only like mouse can move around and do all those things because of what the scientist has done and then has actually really been helping us i i feel like i don't want something to happen to them I, I, if if the scientist is like that there's got to be other people who do good things like that and if if the other mother wants to destroy everybody, I. it doesn't seem like it would be good.
3: Uh, I mean, I could move around before, but like not very far. Like maybe two and a half centimeters a day.
2: It's not You're very, very fast far. now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go fast.
3: <laughs> it's much more fun that way. But like, I wouldn't have known you guys. Well, I wouldn't have known anything, but I wouldn't have been here. If it worked for scientists. Because Feather, we I ever... don't think you and I like the same things.
4: No, I don't think so. But also I'm I have sampled every mineral water the scientist has ever brought to this lab, and none of them taste like home. But we should go talk to her and we can figure it out and talk to the scientists. I don't know. Let's yeah. Also, point Should of clarification we? above the table, have we ever met another scientist or another human?
1: Um, you would we have must have met
4: like the janitor or other people who have occupied the space, right?
1: You have met other scientists, yes. Uh, or family members of the scientists have been here. That's where the toys have come from. Um, but for the most part, this is a personal lab. So they... Do have other people come over occasionally to show what they're doing or to get new moss or new plants. So you do. You have seen other humanoids, but from a distance, they all seem the same because of their size. You can tell the the only thing you could tell different was the vibrations of the footsteps. And like when the child was here, they were very loud, and there was a lot of more clattering and like there was a lot more noise, and the scientist wasn't paying as much attention to you guys so those are the things that you could tell the difference so you know that there's tiny humanoids that might be tiny scientists and then there's other normal sized scientists that are all also humongous and the tiny humanoids are actually technically still bigger than you so they're still giant but just not as giant maybe they're not humans maybe they're just all scientists every human is a scientist in your eyes
2: so should we if since i guess we since we don't know what might happen, should we see before we try to get over where where the scientists and the other mother went? Should we try to find some things to take that are like stuff she doesn't like in case things go bad?
3: We could finally find the ice machine.
2: <laughs> you could get lots of ice. Fr- Franklin, you could probably, I know your care. if you I know you have your skull right now. But if we find something that's like filled with something stinky, you might be able to carry that instead? Or we could fill your skull. We could fill the skull with something stinky and take that with us.
5: That's a good idea. And I like this idea of like having like items that you know, just on hand that she doesn't like. So like you know, like little toy that like a squeaky toy or something that makes noise also, or like a like the monkey with like the symbols or whatever you know something like that to have also would be good
1: um i will say that there is definitely a jack in the box that pops out and it does the symbol clanging it was to test your dexterity
5: awesome
2: oh so if it could i could i try to take like the symbols out of the hands of the jack in the box so that I have my like branches in in the symbols so that I can do it like make a bunch of noise whenever I want using can like man? finger symbols.
1: Heck yes you can.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um then I guess so I'm going like, oh there's there's that thing that they they would have me like turn a thing on the side of it and it would make lots of noise when it popped up. I'm I I'm gonna go see if I can get the, the the little noisy shiny parts off of it. And I'm gonna crawl over to the Jack in the Box and I guess it would be raw magic to Mm -hmm. try to like wrap, wrap around the symbols in the hand of the Jack in the box and try to pop them out uh, so I I could use them.
5: We'll say it is raw magic. Okay. Oh. I have an idea for like a smelly thing that we can like carry in like a very tiny, tiny like microcentrifuge tube. So there's this chemical uh, beta ethanol that like smells up the whole lab. So I think that like, so like carry like a little tiny tube of that and just like keep it sealed and unless we need it for something.
1: Yes, uh, we'll say that the scientist was messing with um, a particular moss that, and I don't know if this was real. So we're pretending in fantasy world that this moss exists but a particular moss that absorbed odors and they wanted to test it with the worst odor that they possibly could have so they made little pill size versions of them that are little glass pill sizes that could just crush and then be absorbed um and then it's like a it's not actual glass though it's like a um it's just like a hard dissolvable substance so that it didn't actually hurt the moss in the process but you know where the, you know that they do exist, and you um, have a feeling that you know where they are. So I will give you a, um, I will give you a resist roll to find them. Not how it's supposed to work. I don't care. I want you to have the best chance of success. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so. So
5: I'll roll now. Yes,
1: uh, Lycos, What was your raw magic roll to get the symbols?
2: So my my first was a 4 so I failed. Do I I get another roll on raw magic?
1: Mhm. I mean so I'm I'm, gonna try. I'm just giving you guys whatever until okay. you're actually in, like in a fight area.
2: Okay, I'm going to I'm going to try once more like another tug on the symbols. I got a two. Okay. it too. They popped out on my final like attempt to try to rip them out.
1: So the first time you go to pool, they were on the in-swing of the uh, motion, so they just went too easily and clanged together and startled you, but then they went back out, so when you were able to pull, you had a little bit more resistance and were able to pop them out the second time. Uh, Franklin.
5: I got a two as well. All
1: right. So it takes you a little bit to find the location, but you do find um, A small little cabinet that is uh, glass and it's partially open because for some reason it wasn't closed properly bad science but whatever so it's helpful for you because you get to just reach in and you're able to you grab the proper items that you need so that you don't have to break open a sealed door no technically I think all stuff is supposed to be put away and use proper lab safety and stuff not it's a, if home it's a
2: home lab. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, it's a home lab. It's like, oh, no one else goes in there. It's fine.
1: I wear flip-flops in my home lab.
5: It's the only thing I remember from
1: my chemistry lab. Don't wear flip-flops. You're not allowed in class. That's all I remember. I also got a bad score grade in that class, so I don't remember. Um, so you managed to find smelly, breakable, uh, dissolvable pills.
2: Like stink bombs.
1: Uh, Yes, mini stink bombs that you will be able to chuck at her because you have the ability to throw things. Mouse. Mouse, did you
4: say that somewhere there's an ice machine?
3: That's what I've been trying to find, but I haven't found it yet. All right. Um, each of you can roll uh, your best skill.
1: Okay got a one! Both got ones. Okay, so Mouse, now that there isn't that constant fear of the scientist coming back at any moment, because you can't really tell time normally, you are able to maneuver and you just go around a corner, the corner you never thought to go around for some reason, and there right in front of you is a fridge. And there is a button where ice falls out of, and it has like little ice cube symbol.
3: You know the ice cube symbol because you've seen ice before. Can I try and, like, gain speed to roll into the button?
1: Yep, between the two of you, because of your awesome scores, you are both able to slam into and move into items that you need to move into to push the button. And we will say, hear me out, Feather. Would you allow the LaCroix cup to be filled with ice, even though it would be cold?
4: I... I don't, well, wait, let me think about this. So I survive in winter because I live in springs that never get totally cold. So I'm going to say I will climb out of my can and give up that stat that protects me. Um, But I will allow the can to be filled with ice and carry it. Fantastic. My little tendrils.
1: Okay, so you are able to knock out by hitting the, ramming into the fridge a couple of times. A few ice cubes fall out of the fridge like they always do after you finish trying to get ice out. And um, that is able to be put into the LaCroix can. We'll pretend that the lid, the top of the lid is cut off, so for ease of access. And you now have a LaCroix can full of ice. And also you know where the ice machine is in case you ever
3: need it again. This thing is amazing. (laughs)
4: <laughs> so, is this what your original home is like do you just like have falling ice things
3: so it's not normally falling it's just everywhere on the ground sometimes it piles up
4: we could make that happen here we could you keep, that'd be fun. You keep hitting the button?
3: I mean I feel like we should go do stuff but I also kind of want to hit the button <laughs> we'll come I- back to it
1: Uh, One last piece of ice falls out and you're able to roll over it and be cold. Perfect. Love it. And it was in the crushed ice setting, so it's like, it's almost like snow. (laughs) Um, So you have all successfully gotten the items required. The only thing you don't have something to deal with is Never Sleeps, but that's fine. I think three out of four is great. Also, I don't know if you would know what Ambient is, so that makes it a little difficult. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Sh- 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 just go sleep. <laughs> Maybe if you sleep, you will be less rude. <laughs> Do we really know what sleep is, either? <laughs> Probably not. That's like you're, you're just like in a permanent stasis. <laughs> so you are going to be heading towards the mouse hole, correct? That was the goal?
2: Yeah, I think we're ready.
1: All right, so- Let's go. Mouse, you know where this, what the right cabinet is. I will have someone use their ability to pull open the cabinet. So it needs to either be a uh, manipulation or a breakthrough.
5: Franklin has uh, both of those. So I can roll that one.
1: Well, your breakthrough is technically to... We tweaked it because it's not the defense... It's not the breakthrough to break through things. It's the one to chuck things at things using resist instead of magic. Oh, right. That's what we did. So... So, You can manipulate things and chuck them at it. Or, I'm sorry, not manipulate. Um, Which one is it? Armed... Nope. Where is it?
5: It's like a manipulator
1: yeah yeah okay so it was just it was manipulators it was just like the difference was that you get plus one to raw mad or to raw magic instead of resist i think that's how we worded it but it's whatever whoever wants to roll can roll just tell me how you do it i'll go with whatever
2: yeah i think franklin would be good at it trying to manipulate the the handle i
1: rolled
5: a five Um
1: okay um so that is not a success but with the help of somebody else that will allow you to try one more time
4: i'll set my lacroix can down and add my little tendrils to your effort
1: Oh, And together we can lift it yeah roll again and you get plus one so you have four or less to hit or five or less
5: three
1: three Mm -hmm. all right so the second time with the help of feather (laughs) Uh, You are able to swing this very heavy cabinet door and behind some um, sealed cleaning objects like just empty uh, containers and things that are for later, there is a hole shoot in uh, the wall that Mouse has, uh, has never technically seen but knows that that's where the mice go to. And the hole is big enough for each of you and the LaCroix can to fit through.
4: I, I wanna. Well, if we don't have eyes, how do we like stealth peek?
1: Just sort you of have, like
4: see what's going on in
1: there. Well, you have like equivalent to like you have vibe. So, I'm trying to think out the best way to explain. It. You have a vibe of the general area. You might not be able to make out perfect shapes or perfect things but you have a feeling of what it is like whether it's the vibration of it or whether it's the um just like the ability to feel around slowly over time and figure it out but we'll say that you can um do a like a notice type of a check so we'll just do a roll a d6 and that'll tell me nothing it's not against anything just to see the lower it is the better it is on how well much how much you notice. I got a two. A two, okay. So as you are going through the mouse hole, you are trying to feel the ground and feel for vibrations of any sorts. And you hear or you feel um, some vibrations of a teeny tiny pattering footsteps, which you assume are the mice. Um, You also feel, though, coming a little bit to the west and then to the north, you feel thousands and thousands of little footprints that are quieter than the mice but together they are a cacophony of vibrations and then you also hear the clicking of the shoes of someone so you know too that you need to go west and then north and not to go east. So you've narrowed it down to one direction.
4: Alright, I convey that to the team and then ask Mouse. So have you ever, like, met these other mice?
3: Um, not fully. I've kind of briefly been near them. But, like, not a ton. The
1: most you've ever had was one of them when you were standing still after you broke out, scurried up to you. and was, like, sniffing you and they were like near, near enough that you got a really good look at what they looked like and how they worked, but when you tried to move again, they scurried off.
3: They're a little skittish. Also not great with personal space.
4: <laughs> but we're if you're a mouse accurate. and they're a mouse, you think you could like talk to them? And ask I them to help don't know if us? that's
3: how that works, but we could try. you can always try. <laughs> yeah.
1: So who is leading the path down the mouse hole?
2: (laughs) Who wants to go in first?
3: Maybe I should because I'm extra
1: fast.
5: I think a mouse is a good uh, option.
1: All right, so you are going first, and you are picking up speed, and this is the fastest you've been able to go in a really long time because there is a straight probably a good 30-foot line of nothing in your way and you are just the happiest you've ever been and you kind of want to turn around and do it again but then there's people in your way the other way so it doesn't really work. Um, but you do manage to get be down 30-40 feet and you hear the skittering of the mice and um, a little mouse pokes its head around the-, the turn that you would either go left or right so north or south. And- it looks at you confused, almost, and it just, like, it does its little sniffing motion that it's trying to, like, understand what's going on, and it recognizes that it's seen you before, but not here. And then it's like, food?
3: No. Not food. So, as Mouse was rolling, all of you guys just get the sense of Mouse going, "wee" <laughs> down the corridor. One thousand um. percent, yeah um but mouse i guess meets this other other mouse mouse is very happy and that was a lot of saying the same word in a sentence but mouse is gonna try and speak to this other type of mouse all right um roll magic
1: raw magic nope i got a five okay so the first time you try to communicate with it it does not understand. It doesn't, res- or at least it doesn't respond if it does understand. It's just kind of sniffing. And then as the others come towards, uh, closer towards you, finally catching up, it uh, notices that there's more than one and it scurries off to the north. This was not
3: a very talkative mouse.
4: I guess they're just shy. Maybe it's
3: the next sh- one. So which way now? Feather, so you feel the vibrations going from
1: the north.
4: So it sounds like they're all north. I guess we could go that direct. I mean, there are a a lot of them. I don't think I've ever met that many beings at once, but uh, that sounds like a lot. Um, So I don't know if we wanna like, just show up and say, hey guys, what's up? Or like be a little sneakier just so that they don't think we're there to fight them.
2: Yeah. If this is the direction you heard a lot of whatever is down there, I feel like, yeah, maybe we should... Maybe going this way, we should be a little more slow and sneaky. I think, like, up to this point, Mouse's speed was really good, but Mouse, I also don't want you to, like, suddenly roll into a giant crowd of something bad.
3: (laughs) True. Right. One time um, rolled into stuff and it
2: was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's sneakiest? I can try not to me. like crawl more... I can try to crawl qual- crawl a little more quietly. I can also kind of come... I can kind of go further down up above the floor since I can climb up and then go down. So if it's things like the mice that are down below they'll have a harder time knowing I'm up there, but since I'm coming up from above, mm-hmm. maybe I'll, maybe that will help me be a little sneakier.
1: I will say that everybody can attempt to roll stealth. Uh, it'll be a d6. It'll be disadvantaged, so roll the d6 twice and take the higher of the two numbers, which feels weird to me because D&D. Um, but... Yeah. So take the higher of the two numbers for... Feather because of the LaCroix can and Mouse because of your normal speed. But, so, um, wait, Franklin, so do
2: I I don't have disadvantage?
1: No, Franklin and uh, Lycos, you do not have disadvantage. Okay. You just roll 1d6. Keep okay. rolling the same. Yeah, <laughs> go team 4. Lycos, <laughs> what did you get?
2: I got a 5, but I think I'm going to take a point of rot in order to succeed sneak down there up above and try okay. to s- and see if I can find out anything.
1: By taking the point of rot, you have rolled a one. Uh Franklin? I got a a one? Okay. Um all right so as suspected be- with the rot roll least the two quietest of the- amongst you have are quieter and we'll say that they went ahead a little bit. Lycos crawling up the wall and crawling a little bit further ahead, uh, you will reach there first, followed by Franklin and then finally Mouse and Feather to give you both a chance and opportunity to see and what's going on. So as you go forward, you see that there is another mouse hole and you are able to peek through and you realize that you're inside of a um, you're inside of another room. This is a you don't know what it is, but out of character, it's a bedroom and there the scientist is tied up or covered in bugs in the corner, and it's just like the bugs are constantly just swirling around him and he's just like, nope, I'm not moving, there's a lot of bugs here. Um, and then you realize from being this close that the thousands and thousands of footsteps that uh, Feather might have been feeling earlier are the bugs because every time they touch the floor you get a little small tremor but not like a massive one but because there are so many of them it just feels like hundreds and thousands of them and in the other corner you see with her back to you the other mother and then as mouse and feather come up behind you a couple of the bugs from the other mother's dress break off and scurry towards you. And we are going to have our first little bit of a fight. So- Talk first? The bugs are not interested in talking. (laughs) Oh no. But they haven't, that you're aware of, at least the other mother hasn't noticed you. She hasn't looked over her shoulder at you. So the way that combat works is Technically, you're supposed to start with a rock, paper, scissors. I'm going to do a, a 1d6. Uh, whoever gets the higher or the lower number to keep with part of the story goes first. And um, it's going to be one of you roll and then I roll. So it, and then it'll be all of you get to go or I get to go first. That'll be the termination. So before, I don't know if you saw what Feather just pointed out to me, but does anyone else want to roll before you know what Feather rolled? <laughs>
2: Um, I think I, I think if I if I arrived there first and, and like I'm at the front of the line now looking out I think it would make sense that like if I roll so I can react fast enough to turn around okay. and tell everyone like there's like there's not there's this is another room and something's coming over here.
1: I am okay with this. Um, okay. Go ahead and roll.
2: Oh gosh. Because I rolled a six. <laughs> I got a two.
1: Okay. I got a five. So that means you get to go first, um, and you get to decide amongst your team who gets to actually act first. Um, When you're attacking, you will roll raw magic at all times, and when being attacked, you will roll resist. So as a note, Uh, there are four bugs that have scurried off towards you to fight you.
2: Four? Okay. Oh, geez. Okay. Who's gonna... Who feels like fighting some bugs?
5: My raw magic isn't great. I just have like a one, and in that, so I would maybe prefer not to be the first to. Uh...
3: Mouse would be happy to be a bowling ball.
5: Okay. Franklin sounds like
2: you'll be a good shield. Like you can, if they, if they can come after you, they might not be able to do much to you.
3: Or distraction.
2: Um, yeah, I'm. I'm okay with mouse rolling out there. <laughs>
1: This is all Mouse does. So, so Mouse, you are going to roll out using your raw magic to roll into into them, and I will have them roll a resist. It doesn't specifically tell me what their resist is, so I don't know what I'm supposed to roll, but I'm going to say that it's a two and a two. So they're going to have two raw magic and two in resist. So that they still have the same four points that you all have. So roll mm-hmm. your raw magic. I got a one. one. Fantastic. So you roll and you build up speed and you build up speed and you build up speed and you kind of do that like wily coyote thing where you like build up speed before you go and then you go and then all of a sudden you slam into two of the bugs who rolled a five on their resist. So they each take one damage and what to say because there's so many bugs that's all it's needed for you to squish them and run over them and those two of, are dead you've killed two of the four now who wants to go ne- well not yeah who wants to go next
2: oh whoa when one of us gets to go again
1: um you get to choose the order that you go in so all four of you get to, a chance to go there oh, might okay. be more bugs coming soon but we'll see yeah
4: Franklin and Lycos, so you guys are up front, and I'm lagging in the back with my giant can, So I assume it's what are you?
2: Yeah, I guess I will. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna crawl out there as fast as I can and and try to bring some of my branches like down on on the bugs um, since I'm getting pretty good at, at moving them all around.
1: Okay. I rolled a, a raw magic.
2: Got a one.
1: All right. You succeed um, and they do not succeed on their resist. So you squish one more. So-
2: One more bug.
1: One more bug. So there's one left currently until more break off of the dress and head to the
5: right. I will roll now and- I know your raw magic isn't super
1: great. You can choose to take a point in raw to auto succeed that if you would like.
5: I will... I'll do that. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So I have one rock now.
1: So um, they did not succeed on the resist so you are able to take like a rock nearby or something and like chuck it at them and it hits them pretty hard and squishes them and all the bugs nearby you have been killed without any damage. So, the other mother doesn't seem to notice you, the scientist is kind of preoccupied and probably going through some issues right now. And you all are behind her with three of her least favorite things. What
2: do you do? Okay, do we... should we start throwing these things at her? Like, do we... I feel like we can't really fight her. Are we gonna try to just chase her out? What should we do?
3: Feather, did you want to talk to her?
4: I kind of do, but also, I don't... uh, Feather is not feeling all these bugs and not interested in being attacked by all these bugs.
2: Yeah, her bugs uh, did just attack us. Yeah, I don't know if she would want to really listen to us.
4: We didn't even do anything yet. Yeah. Right? Have you guys ever met a bug? These things... I I see them sometimes outside my little terrarium thing, but I've never had one like try and hit me.
3: I normally just keep a few around for fun.
2: They normally, they normally don't bother me. I'm, I'm really tough and I'm filled with nasty chemicals called alkaloids. So they usually don't bug me, but now the bugs are bugging me and I don't like it.
3: Yeah. I normally have like the tiny ones, like playing around inside me with, with my rock and everything. But these are much bigger than like the springtails and such.
2: So do we, I, I mean, I can, I can make, do we want to do everything at once and see if it's enough to scare her away? I mean, because we've got Franklin, and you've got the, the, the stinky stuff. I can make noise and hopefully our ice is still ice and not water.
5: <laughs> exactly.
3: It's still cold either way, probably. It's fine.
5: It's, It's in an aluminum I can can. tell you. It's uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) Okay. So while you all think on that, we are going to go on a bio break really quick. And we will be back shortly to determine what the moss is doing to the other mother or to scare her off. We'll be back in a second. We're back. Okay. So where we left off, our group of moss were discussing what they're gonna do with the other mother standing right in front of them they're pretty sure they're not gonna be able to defeat her she seems very powerful and also has a lot of bugs but maybe they can run her off so what is the plan
2: so i i can if we can set some things up to to kind of uh, uh knock her down or 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 scare her with the things she doesn't like. I can we can make sure we're all set up and I'll go out in the room and hit my symbols to get her attention to sort of like start everything.
4: Oh, wait. So in our plan, do we have anything to distract the bugs themselves? The thousands of bugs.
2: I I'm I'm hoping that what if if we do this and so that she is disabled or, or then wants to leave seems like her bugs will go like with her like they' like if she leaves i don't think they're gonna stay around where she where she isn't where she isn't around anymore because because in the lab we didn't see any bugs and she was in there so i'm hoping if we can if we can pull this off she'll leave and the bugs will go with her
5: yeah it seems like they're are- under her control or something you know of some sort like she's like wearing them as a dress it seemed like almost so um yeah i agree with with that with no, if we can get her in a you know kind of a surprise sneak um sneak thing then you know maybe the uh the bugs won't just immediately attack us hopefully (laughs) <laughs> it will. You <laughs> <laughs> might
3: squish them when she falls.
2: Oh, yeah. True. She could squish a lot of them. Yeah.
1: All right. So you have a basis of a plan. So are you going to try to put the ice where she will slip? Is that the first pl- part of the plan? Okay. Yeah. yeah I do you guess... think
4: we should sneak around, like through the cabinets and stuff? Oh, wait. It's a bedroom. So we could climb under the bed and, like, get to where her feet are, and then just, like, dump the can.
1: And I will say, for clarification, this is a fully wooded house, just so there's no carpet to, like, ruin this plan, because that would be boring.
3: I could, like, try and, like, <laughs> carefully roll the can.
4: I'd have to let go of my home?
3: <laughs> I mean, you could also I take suppose. it over that way.
4: Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think it's a good plan to... Roll it, because then if none of us are physically there, there's nothing for the bugs to attack. There might be but something if you, better like, for you. Build to take momentum,
3: to. or oh. we could jump the ice and push the ice because it likes to move. Like an old
1: school alarm clock, would might be available I think, mm. as a home, or whatever else would be in bedrooms that's appropriate.
2: Oh yeah, there's yeah, there's lots of things in the room you could go into, Feather.
1: True. Okay,
4: I'm, I'm willing. How about me and Mouse get to a safe spot to lay down the can, and then Mouse, you can speed up and throw it under
2: her feet. So if you get the ice down, I'll wait until you get back maybe underneath the, that, that big thing. Since I'm guessing, I don't know what a bed is. Uh, so <laughs> no. you can kind of hide. So once you're hidden, I'll start making noise. So that when she won't see you or notice you, uh, when she turns around and steps on the ice, well, and and then Franklin, how many of those stinky things do you have?
5: Five, yeah.
2: So maybe, so you maybe when she when she turns around or when she falls, you could start using those. What? Maybe if she's if we can get her down, she'll be her head will be like close enough that we won't have to try to get the, the smell to get to her face. And maybe so you could start maybe just dumping those, throwing those at her since I know you're good at throwing things.
5: Okay. That, that, that's a good, good idea. I would say
1: that sounds like a fun plan. So first we are going to need some stealth checks. Uh, Franklin, uh, you're good for now.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm waiting back too. So I think it's it's kind of like up to Mouse and Feather yes. right now so to mouse get and, the can out.
1: Yeah, a Mouse and Feather, roll a d6, each of you.
4: I rolled um, a four. Should I take a rot point?
1: I would, yes, that would be a failure. So a rot point would make it a success. i take a rot point.
2: Yeah, otherwise, if that would result in you two being seen, it's only the two of you out there. (laughs) probably wouldn't be good.
3: Yeah, I got a three, so with raw magic, that succeeds. Yes. Okay,
1: so you both sneak over, slowly pushing this LaCroix can filled with ice, and you manage to grab in place, grab in place, grab in place in just the right little spot so that if... Uh, the other mother takes a step backwards. She will skip, hopefully, and land, um, and fall, f- uh, fall somewhere so that she squishes as many bugs as possible. Um, and then you both manage to sneak your way back under the bed, or the giant thing that you do not know that what it's called, but it's a bed. Like Kos, or yes, uh, your turn to roll a stealthy stealth check.
2: Okay. I got a three. Okay.
1: Uh, That's good. Yes, three is fine, okay. Uh the, the DC of sorts was three. Um, okay. So, you managed to uh, get towards the proper location to where you will direct her towards you and step over the ice, and we'll say that you climbed up the wall a little bit, so you're more at her level as well, at least if you want to be, but you can then crash the symbols whenever you are ready.
2: Yeah, I think I'll, I'll definitely like, yeah, maybe up a little bit off the floor, but but definitely still behind her to try mm-hmm. to get her to like spin around. Yes. Um, Not knowing what's, what's going on. So I will, so I'll roll my raw magic to see how well I can start making all this noise.
1: I will say um, there is a dresser right next to the place that you're standing, you're on the wall. So there is the chance that you could hide behind the dresser, make the noise, and you wouldn't be seen at all. You'd have to roll yeah, another think, stealth yeah. check,
2: though. Oh, so, okay, yeah, so I got out. So this would be, now I see there's a place to hide to do this. Mm-hmm.
1: So you wouldn't yeah, be seen, I'm, but
2: you would being Yeah, I think, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to try to do that so that there can be noise, but not be able to see where noise is coming from, since I see okay. the dresser now. All so right, let's roll
1: another D6, thing.
2: I got a four. So um, you can take so I, a
1: Rot and you can either yeah. succeed and you'll take one hit point of damage. But you can add plus one to either your resist or your raw magic.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going to take a second point of Rot and lose an HP, but I'm going to add another point to my raw magic. So I'm at four now.
1: Okay. Um, um, yeah. So you are noticed as you're about to walk, but you some of the bugs perk up and like look directly at you. So now is a good time for you to cling the symbols because you've been noticed at least already. so
2: yeah, so now I'm up on the dresser I'm going to roll to, uh, or start crashing the symbols together. Oh thank goodness I added that to my raw magic because I got a four.
1: Awesome. So you begin slamming the little monkey symbols with your hands. You're just like bing, 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 like very loudly. And the, the other mother s- spins around. The bug's already perked up a little bit, beginning to uh, hedge her way. And as she steps forward, she steps on a piece of ice and begins to lose her footing. And then she steps another foot forward, trying to regain her balance. And she steps on another piece of ice and begins to lose her footing. Franklin, as she's about to fall over, would you like to throw your missile?
5: Yes, that sounds like a great idea. So I will roll. So you're going to throw two of them. So number, uh, I rolled a two for the first one. Okay. And the second one is a six.
1: Would you like to take a point of rot to auto succeed on that one?
5: So I already have one rot. So you would take,
1: uh, you would then erase your rot total and you would get one point of damage and you can improve your magic or your resist by one.
5: I will, I will do that. Yeah, this is a very key part of the plan I would say. So yeah, I will take the rot and um, so I'm down to two HP now, so
1: okay more well, than the last 30 minutes uh i think or hour i don't what time are we ending <laughs> uh, yes i'm doing this on my own game cheryl i want the wild magic table
4: Win the thing wild magic table Thank show
1: you us for the so you the other mother spins around because of the distraction locks eyes ish on on Lycos as they are slamming their symbols together. And as they're distracted and take a step forward, like, how dare you? Uh, Franklin, you chuck two little breakable vials. The first one explodes on impact instantaneously. And the smell is overwhelmingly awful in this room. And she screeches as you throw the second one. This is where the, the table comes in handy. Because I want that to be the Wild Niner table. I don't know how that works in 3.5, though, so...
2: I, I, I guess we could roll if if Cheryl is there and has the table. You, she could...
1: Yes, please. Let's make it something awesome like a fireball or something. That would really change our plans. <laughs> it would also be very dangerous for you, also. That's probably not the best choice. I feel bad doing that in the Unnormal Arda campaign, so I'm just going to do it in my game. Because, haha, why not? Uh,
0: This is the voice of Cheryl for the audience. Um, I don't know if this is going to apply, Nikki. Um, I rolled a 32, which says, You are transported to the astral plane until the end of your next turn. (laughs) After which you return to the space you previously occupied, or the nearest unoccupied space.
1: (laughs) Make it work. okay? Okay. So, you chuck the second pill at it and the other mother the smell doesn't hit again and she's confused but then she vanishes and a bunch of the bugs dissipate off of her or all of the bugs that are on her are gone and the bugs that are surrounding the scientists stop for a second and get confused and they don't know what to do. I'm going to give you each one action before the other mother reappears to try to get rid of the bugs. Oh. Are we going in the same order direction.
2: we did before? Or are we gonna do a new order?
1: Uh we'll go in the same order. Unless you have something you specifically want to do that will be beneficial.
2: No, that's fine. So I think so it would be mouse first.
3: Yeah. Well, mouse has pretty much one trick. So mouse is gonna instead of necessarily trying to crush them because they're so money, mouse is gonna be do their best to make a sound that they can hear basically telling them to run and just roll right at them like a big scary thing. <laughs> All right, roll your wild magic. I got a three.
1: Okay. So your you pick up enough speed, then you make that noise that as you're scratching across the wood, that at least half of them scuttle and just like go out the nearest exit. They find vents, they find windows. They don't, doesn't matter. They just all dissipate or disappear. And then the scientists still covered in about half of the bugs that remain. Feather, what would you like to do? So because
4: we're close to the bedroom dresser, I'm hoping there's some sort of uh, like cologne or perfume or something of that sort There's no. uh, and I would like to splash that all over the bugs that are around and take that bottle for myself so okay. both to lay more stink in the room and to give myself a new home
1: all right so you um you grab the closest bottle of perfume I can't spell perfume You go to grab the closest bottle of perfume, and it is a, hmm, it smells very odd as you spray it and splash it all over the bugs. It almost has like a mix of rose, but like with grass for some reason, like it seems like it was like a gift that nobody understood what was going on and they mixed too many things together. So it smells. Very strange, especially intermixed with the smell that Franklin had thrown earlier. So a lot of the bugs who are splashed now with this alcohol-based thing are also like, the heck did you just do? And all scurry off. So now we are down to a quarter of them. And you also have a perfume bottle to be at your new home. Yes. Is it a fancy ornate bottle? Uh, sure. Why not? The fanciest of fancy. You you threw the cheap one at them and then kept the fancy one for yourself. So Lycos, what are you doing? Um,
2: hmm. I think. Uh, I guess I'm gonna. Uh, I'll use my my speed to crawl over to the corner of the room where the scientist is, and then. Or I think I'm gonna stay I'm gonna say a little, like maybe like, you know maybe a foot or a foot and a half away. And I'm gonna, I think I think use my second bomb of spores that I'm going to, I, I, wanna, I wanna sort of like, I'm gonna form it on, uh, on the ends of one of my branches. And then I want to like, kind of like a teed up baseball, baseball bat hit it with one of my symbols to okay. smack it over to where the other bugs are. And then have it explode when it gets in their vicinity to create like a little like shockwave sort of thing to try kind to of like make them disperse and just like and freak them out.
1: All right, roll your raw magic. A two. Okay, uh, you throw the spore pile that you create and you hit it just the right angle with your symbol. It makes a little noise against it. It's kind of muffled, and then it goes, "Geronimo!" and then lands directly in the thing as it explodes in a bunch of spores, covering all of the bugs and the scientists. But it doesn't affect the scientists because this has happened to them before; they they know what's going on, and they're also a little still sort of concerned and confused, and like thinking that they're delirious because there's moss moving. And the rest of the bugs dissipate and scurry away. So the scientists is huddled in the corner by him by themselves and you have one more action, Franklin, before the other mother re- reappears.
5: So there are no other bugs in the room currently?
1: There are no bugs. They all no they've bugs. all been okay. run run away.
5: Awesome. So I will use my action to move closer to the scientist if that's possible from where I am at right now. Yep, that's four. Then you can move free.
1: It's fine, and you can have an action.
5: And the room is still pretty stinky. I have three three of the uh, stink bombs left. Is there any way that I can try to like some form of communication with the scientist, or is that not? Are they just kind of totally incapacitated right now?
1: They are not incapacitated. Can- they are not incapacitated. They are confused right now. But um, they were traumatized by just being covered by a bunch of bugs and dragged away by some evil witch-looking lady. Um, and now Moss is moving. So they might think they're hallucinating when you communicate with them, but you are more than welcome to
5: attempt. It might work. They they might just be like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> I'll attempt that communication. I will say, I know that you're scared, I know that you're confused, but you've been very kind to us and we are here to help you now.
1: OK, roll a raw magic.
5: OK, I rolled a six, so that's not a...
1: Uh, you can take a point of rot. Uh, you would uh, still have one more point of rot before you take any more damage.
5: I'll do that, yeah. my. Okay. So I, I have one in rot now, so mm-hmm. now I'm going have to.
1: As your voice echoes through uh, all of you here, Franklin, and you're not sure if scientists will understand you. But the scientist looks directly at you for a second, Franklin. And this is the first time you're seeing their features. Like you see what they look like. You're starting to get an idea of what humans look like, period. But you don't know the difference between one and another since this is the first one you've seen other than the other mother. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, um, either I'm hallucinating, or you just spoke to me, and my experiments are working way better than I thought they were. (laughs) Okay, yeah, let's go. And then they'll get up, and they will pick all four of you up. That, at least, yeah. I'll say that they can see all four of you, and they'll pick all four of you up and run out of the room. And as the door is closing behind them, the other mother reappears in the bedroom alone, without a scientist. So the scientist begins to run. The other mother you hear scream because it smells so terrible in here. And she lost half of her bug army and she is very confused and very annoyed. So she begins to, um, she is distracted for, for a good while and the scientist runs back to, we'll say he runs to his lab for a second and he is digging, he puts you all down on the floor, not really sure what's happening. And he starts digging around through all his things and he's like, okay, 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 I got this. And And they pull out a baseball bat. As you all are ready to face the other mother once again and wait, and you wait. And then the other mother doesn't appear because Shortly after she stepped forward, she fell again on the ice that was also left, and then she stabbed her toe into the LaCroix can that was cut open, and she just got really, really annoyed. So she's like, this isn't worth it, screw you Moss, I tried to help, but whatever, and then she just poofs out of existence, like for real. And you wait, and you wait, and nothing happens, and then finally the scientists takes a deep breath and goes okay am I hallucinating as they, as they look at all of you and you are all able to freely interact with them through telepathy we'll pretend that you roll well enough eventually to do so
2: uh, yeah we uh, I think we're almost as confused as you are We we don't we don't really know who that was. Uh, we just all of a sudden became really aware of everything going on around us and, and saw her and saw you get taken away. Uh, and, and yet like, like Franklin said back in that other place, we, we can do all these things that we're doing because of you so we we didn't want her to to take you because she just seemed bad um, and told us she told us some things that didn't sound good. Uh, She wants to do a lot worse things in in like the whole world. Uh, And so we we didn't want her to, to to do anything to you.
3: She did tell us people were doing bad things. Are you are is that scientists? Like, are are all of you guys people, too? It's a lot of different names for you guys. Huh.
1: So he slumps to the ground so that they're closer to your level. And, um, yes, I am a people or a human, I, I guess would be the technical... God, I'm talking to Moss. Um, and he goes on to explain what humanity is and explains to you the dangers of pollution and the reason why the um, why the bad things are happening because you probably explained to him what she had actually specified and says that not all people are bad though and that many of them including himself and a lot of his team members are trying to help nature try to ensure that nature survives and tries to thrive in a world where people need to still live and create things and these other, some of these things need to still exist. Um, making better cars so that there's less pollution and making better food sources so that they can create enough food. And having, you, you just explain a lot of the things that scientists in the real, real world are trying to do to make the world a better place. And eventually, you guys understand a little bit more about what's going on. And they d- decide that if you want to stay, you are more than welcome, but because you are sentient beings, he also gives you the option that, to leave if you choose to because he doesn't want to keep you here without your consent now that he knows that you have can provide consent. So this is where we will go into what each of you do now that you have your choice of freedom or staying. Who wants to go first?
2: Um, I, I guess I will, I can go first. Um, I think Lycos, uh, I mean, hearing about and learning more about, like, what's bad out there, but also that there's people trying to, you know, make things better, reverse things, you know, help, help out the whole world. Lycos wants to try to, like, be part of that, and also the same way that it's, like, humans trying to fix mistakes that humans caused, uh, or problems humans caused. he wants to also do a a little bit of that. And so Lycos, uh, through whatever means that we won't even try to explain, makes his way back to Paris, France, uh, where his deep dark secret happened long ago, at least in his uh, lifespan, uh, or in their lifespan, I should say, uh, where his... Their spores uh, that are so flammable uh, actually uh, are what sparked and started the fire that burned down uh, Notre Dame in Paris in 2019. And, and, he's all, and they've always felt really bad about that. They were aware that that happened. And so learning about, like, people mistakes and then trying to do things to fix them. Uh, Lycos goes back to try to fix their own mistake. And kind of settles in around uh notre dame uh on uh and starts uh basically establishes themselves there and is working towards uh bringing uh you know other plants that that they can speak to uh and and basically trying to beautify that area on that little island in paris making it you know this fabulous green space uh that that people flock to that, uh, you know, it's fixing that sort of disconnect people have from nature, um, that, you know, there's beautiful things growing in this urban center, and, and trying to do whatever they can to, you know, in the future, protect the cathedral uh, that they were, uh, that they harmed in the past. Uh, And I think that's where Lycos kind of settles in and, and starts trying to, you know, make the world a better place.
1: And with your help and the help of the scientists and some planners and some architects, Notre Dame is able to be rebuilt better in the likeliness of its original form. (laughs) So it's historically accurate still, even with the slightly damage, slight damage that was done prior to the fire, but it is kept Uh, as much as possible is kept to its true form. And the flowers that grow all gain sentience somehow, because you evidently can transmit your sentience. And the flowers (laughs) have all decided that this is their new flower in Moss Village, and they love it here.
2: And I never let anybody know that I started the fire.
1: (laughs) No, your secret's safe with us. It's
2: forever my deep, dark secret.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Who wants to go next?
5: I'll go ahead and... um... And I'm sorry, uh, Feather, I saw your, so my deep dark secret is that there was a big uh, scientific discovery that was found using me in the lab, uh, but the researchers couldn't get their findings published because the reviewers weren't, didn't believe it. It was like such a amazing discovery and breakthrough and everything. So I will go back to the lab to be used for follow up experiments and then eventually get this um, discovery out in the world. Um, it's a discovery where there's a protein that they isolated, and only me for some reason. You know, there was like, you know, some, they're doing some like random mutations and everything. And uh, this protein can stabilize DNA and protect it from mutations, like random mutations or mutations caused by like environmental factors. So like potentially maybe a cancer preventative uh, protein potentially. So hopefully getting that out into the world so that humankind can benefit from it.
1: Wonderful. You live years with the scientists as you discover more and more and experiment and hypothesize and re-experiment and re-experiment and re-experiment because that's how it's done. You just got to keep doing it over and over and over again. Know that much from listening to Nitro Jack. (laughs) Um, And you do manage to make some leeway towards a better tomorrow for people who have cancer, mouse
3: or feather. Okay. So as we know, uh, mouse is from Alaska and is very into being a speed demon. So I think Mouse is gonna work with the scientist to get back to Alaska, but learning about, you know, ice melt and all the issues up that way in the Arctic, Mouse is gonna kind of try and aid the scientists because Mouse can live up there all the time and probably find things that the scientists wouldn't be able to get to. So Mouse will be working with a scientist or the scientist, I don't know, on that. But also, Mouse was just very excited to get to ride in a car and probably a helicopter and just go really fast. And Mouse also just, as stated, just likes to annoy the scientist from time to time. So if the sentience can spread to the flowers, the sentience might also spread to some of the other glacier mites which are said to move in herds, and they just keep moving slightly. No, the others don't make their sentience known, and they all move in really weird patterns just to confuse any scientist trying to study it, Um, just just for some fun on occasion. Um, In real life, they do move around a little bit, and they do move not necessarily downhill, not necessarily with the wind. Um, but more with like ice melt and stuff like that, so now they're just really moving wildly. <laughs> Did
1: you just see it move? It moved in real time! I'm so confused. Um, yes, so the scientist takes you to Alaska, and there is a team of scientists up there for other reasons, but at least one of them does work with plants and is studying the glacier mice. And it takes a really long time to get that scientist to believe this, this your scientist, when they explain that, hey, um, I have a sentient plant, and they're like, are you okay? But eventually, between communication and you surprising them by speaking and moving on your own, they agree that like, oh, okay, um, well, as long as you're helpful, I guess I can continue to, I can use this. Uh, not realizing you're going to play pranks on him and mess up some of his data, but the other scientists are very confused uh, when they hear this glacier mouse scientist talking to themselves in the other room. But they don't question it because sometimes when you're in a cold place for a really long time, you just got to talk to yourself uh, to make, make it go by. I, I wouldn't know, I'm from Florida, but I'm assuming that's what it's, what it's like.
3: It doesn't mess up all the data, just, just occasionally to confuse them. <laughs>
1: You just need to, like, mark the ones to ignore. Like, ignore these ones. (laughs) All right. Feather, what do you do?
4: Um, Initially, Feather requests that the scientist to be dropped off um, at the nearest place with a variety of, like, minerals, uh, water, and sparkling water to sample. And um, I assume gets dropped off at, like, a high-end liquor store with different mixers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um after having sampled all of the water uh, available to offer uh, feather realizes this is all bottled from somewhere and so this is the point at which feather reaches out to the other mother i assume by some psychic method and um they get into maybe a little bit of ecoterrorism or something <laughs> <laughs> or, or we can we can frame that nicer. Uh, we can say uh, enlist the help of the other mother to stop people from bottling water from Feathers Home Spring.
1: All right. Um, just because this is the only one I know of off the top of my head. Um, you are originally from Zephyr Hills, which is a very well-known water plant in Florida. I don't know where else they go, but. You essentially, between the two of you, closed down that entire water plant, which some people are very upset about, but some people are also very happy because they don't like it. So it's a win-win, lose-win. It's it's whatever. Though many people uh, secretly wished you would close the Dasani found place because Dasani isn't water and it's gross.
4: Uh, we're we're on it. You know, plant yeah. by plant.
1: Coke is uh... a lot harder to take down than uh, than a small water plant company. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, you do join the other mother, Uh, you explain, you guys talk, and you realize that she's not purely evil, she just needs to be redirected sometimes. She's a little extreme in her methods of uh, communication. And with your help and guidance, you take things down in the appropriate way that won't make it so that everybody wants to destroy you and her. Between the two of you, you also convince her to use the bugs to assist with a lot of the nature problems that exist as well. So, she uses her bugs for good instead of evil, for killing more moss and things like that. So, you all do your thing. And if you choose to, the scientist does offer to be the in-between person for you all to remain as moss pen pals. Or Mouse's suggestion if you want. Yes.
4: Yes, there's got to be some like botanical garden or something that has all of our different weird biomes that we can all go hang
3: out together. Or an underground secret sentient moss society. Yes. This is
4: true. Do we recruit new mosses?
1: Sure. What is the name of your secret moss society? Is it just (laughs) M.O.S.S? It just stands for something. You just don't know what, nobody knows what it stands for. It's just that's what it yeah. is.
2: Yeah, we put in the periods to make it be like, oh, what is it an acronym for? We're like, secret, like the secret is nothing.
5: And like, we didn't go to school. We just thought it looked cool. <laughs> like Moss Only Secret Society or something, or like. Perfect. Something like that.
4: Moss. Moss Only
2: Secret Society. <laughs> 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 yes. oh, yeah, really like within, within the acronym. <laughs>
1: So the Moss Only Secret Society, (laughs) a.k.a. Moss, Moss. um, survives for generations, millennia, as more and more plants become sentient and help ensure that nature and humanity stay at a perfect balance. And that is the end of my story. But if there is anything that um, anybody wants to add for scientific reasons related to plants, uh, moss, pollution, environments, bugs, whatever you are focused on in your science lives, by all means, because we got thirty minutes. Deal, to Um.
2: Oh, go go so, ahead, Morgan.
5: I was gonna, yeah, I mentioned. So, I kind of took inspiration from the uh, from my background character using, you know, being used as like a genetic uh, model organism. There are currently a lot of uh, projects going on now that are looking at ways to use plants for, you know, global, um, you know, to fight climate change and food security and everything. It's so, like, one example is uh, finding ways for plants to store more carbon um, underground so that they get from the air so that, you know, one way to, like, scrub carbon from the atmosphere. And then another one is to uh, create plants that are self-nitrogen fixate- fixating uh, fixing so you don't have to you know, fertilize them. Um, so uh, legumes have associations with bacteria that are, they can fix nitrogen, and in the it's a um, um, symbiotic relationship. So, you know, maybe like turning corn into a self-fertilizing plant, or like wheat, and so to speak, and you know, etc. So, those are some kind of like real, real world, real world examples of um, you know actual applications. So,
2: yeah, know, I was I was thinking about the. <laughs> uh, feathers after story of becoming an eco-terrorist with the other mother, but that like slowly turning more towards good. And with my experience being more around insects, being an entomologist. Um, and you, and you mentioned like the other mother and her insects. It's like one, I imagine one of the things you could go out and sort of apply yourselves to would be going places like providing insects from the other mother. That would be the bio control for you know, areas that have invasive plants that are really like that are like destroying, you know, different ecosystems, you know, so maybe you would go down in southern United States and try to tackle uh, like the kudzu vine um, that was in, you know, intentionally introduced, but now has become this, you know, basically like destructor of of, like forest, Um, because we know, you know, that it would be really great to have something like that, that could you know, she other mother could come through and, and introduce those things really quickly and, and be able to handle all those kinds of situations because, you know, right now our process is so is so slow really for biocontrols. You know, finding you know, you have a you have a problem with a plant. You have to say, Okay, where you know what plant is this even? Uh where did it come from in the world? Finding that plant in its habitat, seeing what what does eat it or parasitize it or what uh what diseases affect it and then the years of research of finding out do those insects or diseases really only affect that plant or if we introduce it into a new environment is it going to make things bad for even more plants than what we want to control and so we definitely have examples of that you know even you know in in the united states and and elsewhere around the whole world where they do this kind of biocontrol but I was just like, it would be, it would be so great if it was like the other mother and feather could do that really fast, like because they have that ability to travel really quickly on the other mother and collect insects and bring them around. It's like you could be speeding up these things that are pretty like laborious scientific processes that we have right now.
1: Awesome, mouse. Really
4: Looking around trying to find a video, but um, having moved from. Illinois to Rhode Island to Wisconsin. One of the things that struck me most about living in Wisconsin is being in the complete dead of winter. It's freezing. It's literally negative 15. And you go to underground springs, or or these, these places where springs emerged, and it's steaming warm. Because what happens is water that is underground it it maintains a stable temperature all year round. So in summer, it's the best place to go cool off. And in winter, you will find these mosses and these plants that live there year round because it maintains this one area of comfort. So the one area where there's no ice cover in the lake, there's happy ducks little quack quack quacking around. And it's also where a lot of our uh, native fish uh, like to lay their eggs so that they can survive the winter and have fresh babies. And so that's where I drew my inspiration in part because uh, a number of my friends study uh, freshwater springs and just generally they're really cool when you go hiking and you're like, (sighs) it's, I wanna say it was like three years ago when we had a bad polar vortex and just like, it was too cold to even be outside and it was stupid for me to go on a hike, but being able to go there and me and the ducks were warming up by the spring is so cool. And it, you know, it looks like spring. Everything's green and happy. So that's, that's my science bit that inspired me and a cat demon who wants to help.
3: Yeah, um, I can mention a little bit for my inspiration for moths or mouse um, and mouse's ending. As a PhD student, I just started, but um, I will be spending time studying plant fungal interactions in the Alaskan tundra and the impacts of climate change on that. So it was kind of fun to choose a moss from an area that I will actively be studying. I might not be studying the glacier mice, but I will be looking around in that area. And there's definitely plenty of moss up there. Um, So it was kind of fun to just put, put mouse back out there. Maybe I'll stumble into them at one day, get very confused by them. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about in our chat is, it'd be really nice if the other mother could just uh, come by and grab a bunch of the invasive insects, um, like the lantern fly and the hemlock woolly he adelgid and just have them join her army and just, just leave. <laughs> that would be really lovely. <laughs> I also just thinking about, like, integrative pest management on farms. It'd be great if the other mother could just send, you know, the parasitic wasps to different farms throughout the year. It'd be wonderful.
1: They could also get rid of the wasps in my window at my apartment complex because the apartment complex isn't, so. Use your powers for good, not evil.
2: Okay. Nice to be able to, you know, Remove things that may that may have an, an impact on people in such a way that they're just simply relocated, rather than like the the intervention is always you know killing whatever is present there. Like there's yellow jackets or something, and they're like we have to kill them; they're dangerous. And it's it's like, see, so yeah, that can be necessary at times for people who may have you know
5: allergies, a-
2: allergies, and and so they'll have real like medical concerns but if we had ways that those sorts of things could just be relocated into spots where they're no longer a threat to people rather than killed it's like that would be that'd be so awesome like if that was a, oh, what the like the other mother could do those kinds of relocations because i feel like people are always there's whole businesses and people are always really concerned about uh just catching and relocating like honeybees that get in the walls of their house when it's you know here in the united states and north america it's not a, that bee is a European bee and it's here to be part of agriculture and was brought by colonists and, and settlers. And so, and then that doesn't extend to all of our native species. Like when you have a yellow jacket or something, no one thinks about, is there a way to relocate these things rather than kill them? And it'd be great to be, you know, to have a service. Obviously we don't have the other mother, but to have ways to, to relocate those things because they do so much, so many beneficial things in the environment. Um, Since I don't have any allergies, I've had two yellow jacket nests around my uh, front yard all summer long, and they've never, I've never had to basically interact, a bad interaction with them at all. And and since I'm not worried, like I said, about allergies, and I don't use uh, power lawn equipment that is usually what disturbs them from the vibration and the smell, that it's like I've been able to just coexist with them um, and I know they're hunting caterpillars in my garden to raise their young and all these things all the time and I get so many benefits from them and it'll be great if we are able to, to maintain that more you know relocating things versus killing things and learning how to how to be part of the system that we're in rather than always trying to like push nature away from us
1: yeah that makes sense um I know that one of the videos I like to watch for some reason I don't even like bugs but like I love the, it's bees, I think they do wasps too, but there's, like, hive removals, where they're, like, underneath floors, or inside columns, or in a couch in the backyard, like, it's weird random places. And then somebody comes out and comes and relocates them and shows how they do it, and they show them just handling them without getting stung or without being hurt at all, because they're just calm and have to use, um, they just use like natural ways to calm them down further if necessary, if they're agitated. And I, I always thought that was really cool when somebody just like moves them instead of killing them. And I think a lot of them are bees and like honeycomb and stuff like that, but I don't, I'm sure that they have some that are wasps too. Um, Because I'm pretty sure that if someone wants to relocate bees, they're also going to be willing to protect other species of anim- of insects too. I don't know.
4: But... I wish that was true. I wish yeah. that was true. Yeah. That's if only I've we not. could transfer the adoration of honeybees even yeah. to bumblebees, and it's yeah. like bumblebee people are, um, at least my, ex- my experience as a science communicator is that um, bumblebee people have it easiest of the North American bees people because they're so charismatic. Um, But convincing people to save, like, weird, ugly bees is, uh, it's tough business, and people aren't necessarily receptive. But um, at a mammal scale, basically the same conversation, do we kill it or do we remove it? Both Illinois and Wisconsin right now are dealing with this question. Wisconsin has a wolf hunt, and Illinois has a bobcat hunt where if um because people are uncomfortable with these animals a compromise to keeping them in the state is all right they're allowed in the state but you need to give us the right to kill x many every year to regulate them and reliably the numbers that you can safely take are more than the population can put up with and it's we just need the other mother to be like hey can we just be chill i'll take them over here and they won't if you keep your pets inside, everything's gonna be fine. You don't need to kill them.
3: Imagine having the other mother to help find cryptic insect species. It'd be great. Just get around <laughs> and ask the insects all the questions and figure it all out. I just know, like, especially with native bees, it can be really hard to find them and really hard to study them. So that'd be lovely. <laughs> okay, no seriously. Yeah, right what's, now, what's I'm the trying.
4: <laughs> right, it's like right now I'm working on a case where we're pretty sure that uh, the federally endangered rusty patch bumblebee is bedding down in a prairie that is going to be destroyed but because we technically can't prove it because you'd have to dig up the prairie to find the bumblebee queens they're probably gonna bulldoze it so um if the other mother could just like hit me up and uh we could chat and ask the bees that would be awesome
1: we need like a metal detector, but a bee detector. I just like
4: yes. apparently. <laughs> apparently, there are dogs that can be trained to do that.
2: Oh yeah, dogs can be trained to sniff out like anything. I mean, we we have one in, in Pennsylvania now that sniffs out spotted lanternfly. So when they're like <sighs> searching for it or like they need to inspect rail cars or whatever, it's like moving between counties that are under quarantine. Like they they have dogs being trained to detect all those kinds of things now so it, yeah you you think you you definitely could that would be awesome
1: i'm impressed that they have dogs that are trained to tell when your sugar is high
5: yeah i'm mm-hmm. like i'm just like how there's a disease of uh, orange trees out in california florida texas that dogs can actually like detect the diseased trees with the like 90 efficacy rate like it's like really amazing i it's like almost like a magical uh, beings <laughs> it's amazing yeah
3: dogs can also be trained to sniff out truffles which is fun well
1: on that note why doesn't uh well, well before we have everybody say where they can be found and all of that jazz we did play the game called mossy mechanic uh by cinta passadas This is the fourth edition of A Planted TRPG. It is an itch.io game. You can look up Mossy Mechanics or I, Cheryl can, there it is, Cheryl provided the link in the description. So go give them a check out if you enjoyed it. Um, There were a few things that we tweaked along the way, but overall the, the basis of the characters all stayed the same in using that system. So it was a very fun system and it's only $4. So support an indie TTRPG creator today. Especially since Free RPG Day was yesterday, so, or the other day.
4: And it's literally
1: only one
4: sheet, which is always a good selling point.
1: Yeah, you it's know? one sheet for the player and one sheet for the sheet the, the GM.
2: Yeah, nice and simple. There's no, like, and, and and just like Nikki said, like, easy to tweak to make things work for how you're playing.
1: Yep. Also, and who doesn't, doesn't want to be Moss? Yep, all you need is a D6, some paper, and maybe some crayons if you want to color yourself in. Make your own moss picture. <laughs> all oh, right. It's a green. Yes. <laughs> oh, just a green. Just scribble green.
2: <laughs> <Done>. Green blob.
1: <laughs> Alright, let's go around and say where we can find each other. Uh why don't we start? We with... we'll go backwards, I think. Uh Franklin. AKA Morgan.
5: <laughs> this was so fun. i thank you for having me on and like I'm Always down for TRPGs, so this is a. Uh, I had a really good time, and uh, if this happens again, like that'd be awesome. So you can find me um, on Twitter at the Morgan Trail, so like the the Oregon Trail, but with Morgan in there. And um, yeah, if you guys are ever, if anyone's in uh, New York City, I am um, doing a uh, science out here. So you know, uh, maybe like a meetup or something at some point would be awesome. So, um, Mouse, A.K.A. Alana. Yeah,
3: Uh, once again, I'm Ilana. My Twitter is at Ilana underscore Zipporah. I'm sorry, Hebrew names can be confusing to spell. Um, But uh, yeah, and you can also find me on my podcast, Queerly Natural, on all the socials. And yeah, this was a lot of fun to do.
4: Thanks.
3: Feather, AKA Liz.
4: Hey all, this was super fun and delightful um you can find me on twitter at chase under slash prairie or on instagram because i'm difficult at chase dash prairie <laughs> one platform allows one one the other whatever um and you can find all the artwork i do and all the um environmental outreach and all that fun stuff on those places and otherwise i'm in wisconsin and illinois come say hi touch a prairie
1: ryan
2: uh, I, can, I can be found I uh you like us. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm on Twitter, uh, I'm Entemnine, uh which is a old, old like German declension word that is sort of at the root of the word entomology, uh which is where that comes from. Um that's down in the reference section below, uh in the Nature Check uh Twitch channel that you're watching right now. I also play uh in our Arda campaign, like I said, which is our repeating long term D D science campaign in just a little while uh, at 7 o'clock Eastern we'll be playing our 50th episode of Arda. On uh, Instagram, uh, I am uh, just at Ryan Gott. Um, I don't have my handles synced up because I never thought about that. I made them so long ago. Uh, So I can be found there. uh, Just posting about horticulture and insects and plants and uh, native plant gardening, uh, which I do very very heavily uh, around my house. And, And you can, like I said, you can find me here most of the time, every other week doing ARDA.
1: And um, my name is Nikki. I was your plant master for the day. I am a pro-GM, evidently. and get paid to do this sometimes off- offline. So that's cool. That's a new thing. Um, you can also find me over at Beholder to No One on Twitter, which you can find uh, my almost two year old podcast, which has three shows uh, discussions, one shots, and an actual play. We've finished the. M- we finished Behold Clearlight, which was a 26-episode series where we were in a mist-surrounded world. The monsters did exist and they were terrifying, but whether or not we survive, you have to listen to find out. And now we just started, we are on episode 3 officially, of a new show called The Morning Blues, which is an Eberron-based game that's heavily inspired by Cowboy Bebop, so I'm enjoying the heck out of that. And I also, in the future, will have two new podcasts. One is called Dice Before Dawn, um, Phoenix by Night, which will be a Vampire the Masquerade game where I will be playing a Nosferatu. And then in another podcast, Sound Control RPG, I will be playing Radio Signal, which is a Savage World sci-fi game. And once that show is over, we will be switching to a Teens in Space game that I will be running. Also, you can find me on Off League for Heroes. Recently, we finished a 13 episode series that I DM'd for Uncaged Anthology, which is using female monsters, but not necessarily being the bad guys, which I absolutely love. There's over a hundred different stories you can use where there are femme-based monsters from the 5th edition manual that are trying to help actually, and they're just misunderstood. And we are now starting on November 1st, officially releasing The Fall of Waterdeep, which I'm a player in. Lastly, I am in (laughs) 2000 Tales every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can find me. Uh, We just finished a four-part series that I DMed while they were on hiatus, but we're going back to our Monster of the Week game where I play a 90s goth grunge, once ghost, now demon, character named Karen. It doesn't understand the joke about Karen's because she died in the 90s, but it is a lot of fun. I do a lot, (laughs) so if you ever need me, for editing or anything, you can find me on Beholder to know what. Cool. Thanks for letting me DM for you guys. This is fun. Thank Thanks you, Nikki. for DMing. Or G- garden mastering, I guess.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, DMing, sure.
1: And now I hand it back to Cheryl. <laughs> Yeah, and
0: see, if you you take a peek into the TRPG space anywhere online, you'll find Nikki. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I am so grateful to Nikki and Allie and Andrew for guest DMing or GMing, Garden Mastering for us today. Um, and thank you so much to all the players. Y'all were amazing and I loved this one shot. It gave me like brave little toaster vibes, which I thought was super cute and I loved it. Um, so we are gonna go on like a 30 minute break so Ryan and I can have dinner. And then we're going to play Arda, the 50th episode, which is what this whole day was leading up to. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, The cast, the heroes are still in the desert. They're making their way out. We'll see what they get up to today. Um, But yeah, we're going to go on that uh, break. So please go get yourselves some dinner or whatever. I don't know if anybody from the UK is still watching. Um, And we will be back at 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks, everybody.